So we had 430 viewers for a TikTok live event that ended up being an exclusive TikTok live event. So, you know, it's it's fun when things like that happen. I mean, it's a learning experience and everything else. Any idea why it didn't save or just it just decided it didn't like us? I don't know if it is my error or not. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm not worried about it because, you know, we've done, what, 200 episodes now? So I'm close to that. So, you know, I'm not worried that this is actually the first one that we've had that <laughs> the last one we did was the one that didn't post. That's cool by me. I'm good. I'm actually good with it. I know you're frustrated about it, and I get it. It's always frustrating when we do things on our side and they don't go. I have, you know, the video I put up yesterday. It's sitting right now. Let's take a look. I pop it up. Three views. Woohoo! I mean, you know, Lily's Lily's animation one, which I still think is an amazing video, mm. is only at 47 views. And the, you know, stupid podcast on everything, coffee, there's no coffee and coffee cake, 10 views. So I'm not stressing. You know, it's 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 all learning and it's all process. I mean, we now have people who are starting to interact more on our Facebook page and our social media and everything else. So, you know, we're starting to get there. We've got a huge world in front of us. So, you know, and whether we look at it as a huge world in front of us or a huge world above us, it's pretty darn big, right? Mm -hmm. So no worries. With that said, welcome to the Afternoon Dive on the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything. And nothing. All at the same time. So today is Tuesday. It is May 9th. And uh, this means that we are going to be talking about some relationship advices and some am I the a-holes and opinions and all kinds of stuff that just uh, challenges us every single time you do it. Right? Mm -hmm. Go for it. So. Um, Sorry. Apparently that was the wrong button. So I'm going to start with an am I. Uh, well, actually. Hold on. Um. I'm going to start with the relationship advice one. Okay. Um, it's titled, uh, 30 male dumped by 35 female over salary and lifestyle differences. So I, 30 male, was broken up with by my 35 female, now ex-girlfriend, over our salary and life differences. My ex and I met and instantly had a great connection. We have several common interests and grew a love for each other very quickly. We bonded over past relationships and how they weren't great for either of us and how comfortable we felt with each other. She is a successful real estate agent in a busy northeast city. I am a special education coordinator in the same city. We dated for four months without a single hiccup on our relationship until I was told that the school I am working at will be closing at the end of the year. I have decided to take this unique opportunity to spin it into a positive and go back to school and get a second master's in social work and to transition my career to mental health counseling and hopefully a private practice. This was something we both discussed and talked about at great lengths together. It wasn't until this did she start to hint at the differences of our salaries being a concern of hers. I should note that other aspects of our futures we shared similar views on, such as marriage and kids and living together. When we broke up, she said that she didn't think she could look past her needing to be the main earner in a relationship or someone that could share in that lifestyle she has created for herself, i.e. taking trips on a whim and overall not worrying about expenses. This is still fresh for me and just looking for honest and unfiltered thoughts to help me process and move on. And then offered three... Uh, edits and said didn't think this would get as much traction as it did but wanted to answer some things that have come up and hopefully add some clarity to some of the incorrupt assumptions or statements that were made 
one, there was never a time where she would have been financially helping me with the degree, nor would I be going into significant debt to do so. We have separate living arrangements, and I already have set up a part-time work that would be done in conjunction with the program to continue supporting myself through this process. Two, the degree would only take 16 months to complete, to complete with then clinical hours to follow. It also is something that I will not be paying for. I had received funding and tuition assistance, so I'm not accru accruing any debt. And then three, I am using the degree to go into a career as a school counselor and ultimately private practice young adult therapist for struggling students. <laughs> so you're going into I'm just going to say this because this is the first thing that pops to my mind. You are literally going into into a career to be broke. You there you're two dynamically different people because she is motivated, she is driven, she is she knows the lifestyle that she wants, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where she wants to be. You're getting into teaching and which pays almost nothing well they were a teacher yeah they're trying to go into counseling which, which is pays less, less than teachers make so you know i i'm just you know everybody talks about their careers and everybody talks about their life and it's like you know i want i want to point out that your career is one third of your life do you know what else is one third of your life hmm. sleeping it's like you have one third of your life that's for you, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to take one third of my life sleeping in the most comfortable bed that I possibly can, then I'm going to get up and work. What did I do yesterday? I got up, sat down, and I went to stinking town, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, and busted my tail and did everything that I could. And I'm doing the exact same thing, you know, in everything that I do. It won't work if I sit there and say, Hey, this is the lifestyle I want. I want to be able to go do these things, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to go flip burgers because it shows that there's a dynamic difference. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm feeling right now. And honestly, there's nothing positive I can actually say about this. I get, I get your defense in this argument, but no, I, you just, you're going the wrong way. You are yeah. so going the wrong way. I I feel like I think that it's literally just an agree to disagree moment for them as mm -hmm. just as two separate people because she knows what she wants, like you said, and what he's going for isn't that. And I can't even blame her because he said they were together for four months. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like she didn't want their four month relationship to become her dependent which is pretty reasonable. No matter what the, the positives and agreements you guys had on your outlook on life and all of that, it doesn't change how you guys are different then. And mm -hmm. what you're going into for the foreseeable future and long foreseeable future is not going to give her what she wants. And yeah. there's it doesn't sound like there is much... Which Okay. <laughs> the, the point that... The, the point that I'm making is that it's not like he asked her beforehand, right. which means that the relationship isn't that deep. If he sat there and said, hey, do you think I should do this? And that was the conversation. And that's what we were being asked about is that she said, hey, I don't think you should. You know, I think you should go for something else, something that pays more bluntly, whatever. If she was rude about it, like it would be a different mm -hmm. post. But he's already made the decision. And it sounds like it was one of those. They got together 
and everything was just kind of fine. It was happy little. They were dating. It's they're right. not in a relationship. Right. They're dating. Four months is dating. So I, oh, it yeah. doesn't sound like it, it sucks. It just sucks. That's just one of those situations mm-hmm. where it sucks because you guys got along. You had a lot of the same views on life, children, marriage, all of that. You guys could have been very, very compatible, but with the way that you guys are going about getting to those goals is just two very different paths. Mm-hmm. And yours is going to take a lot longer with a lot more struggling and a lot less home time, relaxing, vacations and all of that versus hers is very little work for a lot of play. Mm-hmm. And that's what she wants to stick with and not have to be alone in that matter because you're going to have to work in order to have the same level of freedom that she w- that she yep. has. And it's not going to be anywhere near as often. She's a successful real estate agent. You started off at the top of, of something and you're starting over. And it sounds like you guys got together when you were at the top and then immediately afterwards this happened and she's like, hey, I was going to see if I could like maybe see where you were going with it, mm-hmm. but where you're going with it is just, it's not compatible with the way that she already is at yeah. the top. She's not looking for somebody to support. She's yeah. not look. she's looking for somebody who can, because look, if you're going to be anything related to kids in any way, shape or form, you're number one, not going to be making a lot of money. Um, number two, you're not going to be working nine to five. You're not going to be working eight to five. You're not going to be working any, you're going to be working eight to eight and you're going to be, you know, a job working and then getting a full time job and and working with kids. Any, any industry is a job that has an emotional toll on you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what doesn't have an emotional toll on somebody? Just Mm -hmm. quick, easy monies. Like seriously, (laughs) like that's, they're just the, the simple little, Oh, I'm just going to go and do my job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Well, I'm going to work real estate. I'm going to work whatever this is. I'm going to work under this and I'm, you know, I'm just going to make this flat money and that's it. Stockbroker, whatever it is. Once my, my job is done, my job is done. Mm -hmm. My day is done. You're, that's great that you guys get along, but you are not compatible. You don't, you have complete different life views on a third of your life. Yeah. It just sucks. So sorry. Go ahead. What's next? (laughs) Uh, This next one is titled, My husband, 38 male, opened up to me, 39 female, about feeling overwhelmed at work, and he's upset with me for how I responded. So, my husband and I (laughs) have been... everybody is. Suck it up. (laughs) So, my husband and I have been married for six years and have a three-year-old son. We both work full-time and live comfortably within our means. We have a house in the suburbs with a nice yard, a dog, we're wealthy. We really don't have much to complain about. But over the past few months, I've noticed a big change in my husband's behavior, and not for the better. He's been very moody and doesn't seem to take joy in anything at all lately. This time frame does coincide with a co-worker of his being fired. My husband is a service tech for a technology company, and this is the busiest time of the year for them. His co-worker that got fired was the only other service tech that they had. They are in the process of hiring some help, mm. but my husband has been on his own since mid-January. He's not the type to reach out and ask for help, but I can tell the stress is getting to him. I've suggested many times that he'd look into finding someone to talk to, like a therapist. I've been in therapy for three years for my own issues, and I've gotten a lot of help out of it. He always makes excuses about how he doesn't have time to do that sort of thing right now, but I remind him that if he did virtual therapy like I do, then it's a lot easier to find time to do it. He said it's not that easy because I work from home so I can just take an hour to do it, but it's not the same for him since he has to work in the office. But finally, last week, he sent me a long text one morning saying that he is struggling and feels like he's drowning at work. I told him that I've noticed a difference in his behavior at home 
and that I want to see positive change out of him. I told him he needs to talk with his boss to find ways to ease his workload and take some pressure off of him, but that he also needs to seriously look into finding someone else to talk to because I'm not sure how to best support him right now. He pretty much immediately sent a text back telling me that the last thing he wanted to hear was more things that he needs to do. He said he has a month of work uh, wor- a month worth of work backed up already and the last thing he needs is another task to do. He texted that this is exactly why he doesn't open up to me about things because I never do anything to actually help him and just tell him what I think he needs to do. I apologized right away but he didn't respond. That afternoon our son ended up getting sick at daycare and had to come home early so I didn't really get a chance to talk to my husband about it again. Then the next day I left for a weekend away so I didn't really get to talk to him about it until last night. I finally asked him how he's doing and he told me that if I don't know how to support him after over 10 years together and can only think think of telling him what to do then he doesn't know what else to say <sighs> okay so this is a little complicated mm-hmm. I want to hear your okay so opinion. so first things first things first I'm sorry you're in this situation you're you're both overwhelmed in different ways um there's two kinds of people in this world there are fixers and there are complainers really is just it's kind of that simple there you know and i am a fixer i don't just complain i can't just complain um and when you're a fixer somebody tells you a problem what do you want to do you want to give the solution to the problem and you want to say hey you know what this is this you got to do this you know like and then he was upset because that wasn't the answer. What answer was he looking for? Well, like, oh, I'm that... sorry, baby. That sucks. Suck it up. Keep going. Like, what was he looking for? I feel like there's the, the biggest thing that like things like this come up all the time mm-hmm. in all relationships all over the world because you have a fixer and a complainer get into a relationship and it becomes a problem. Oh, yeah. I literally there is one question that if you just suck it up and don't get take it as condescending that it fixes everything do you need support or do you need solutions do you need support do you need solutions because if you need support then it's i'm really sorry that this is happening to you you know what do you need for me you know that's this is really horrible what can I'm i do so, to help? Yeah, uh, yeah things like that but if you need solutions and they ask for solutions then you start giving the solutions and if that's where you guys have to be then that's where you have to be and it's not a big huge thing i hate when mm-hmm. people look at something because that's the kind of thing that you get told to you in therapy if you go to relationship counseling at all, mm-hmm. they'll go, okay, before you guys, you know, before you respond to something like that, ask, do you need support or do you need solutions? Do you need me to be there for you or do you need me to help you with this situation? Because those are two very different moods that people can be in. People can be a combination of fixers and complainers because I feel like I am one. Mm-hmm. There are times where I'm going, hey, this is a problem. I need to know what I need to do. And there are other times where I'm just, you know, bitching about something and I don't want to be told how to fix it because I just want to complain about it and get it off my chest. I just need to rant. And it's the same thing on the other side going, hey, this is a problem and I need to talk about it and I don't want you to give me anything afterwards. I just want the support or going and saying, hey, I have a problem with something. I need your help because those are two very different things. So 
I feel like that is an easy solution to it. That you guys need to sit down and have a conversation about it and genuinely talk about the difference of opinion on what was what the assumption was going into a conversation like that. Because he assumed that he was going to go into this conversation and you were just going to be there for support Mm -hmm. while you assumed that he was telling you so that you could help. And you because you're both right. You're both right in the situation. He doesn't normally come and complain and and talk about things that are wrong. You said that in your post Mm -hmm. that he's not one to ask for help. So you are partly wrong there where he's not one to ask for help and then you expected that him coming to you was him asking for help. He he was just offloading everything that's been bothering him because you pointed out that he hasn't seemed like himself. And that's fair of you to do. And he took that and said, okay, well, let me tell you what's going on. And then you, instead of, you know giving him that support you said hey i don't i can't help you with this i'm i'm busy go find a therapist Mm -hmm. and that came across to him who was looking for support as wow you don't care which is both sides is very much not true you want to support him all you see is you're helping and all he sees was wow you didn't care because Mm -hmm. in (laughs) in both sides of it what your your intention was was true what his intentions were were true but they just miscommunication happened in between that so you have to have a conversation about it about that aspect of it and one of the things that we do that helps out and because and just on his side one of the things that we do and i do with amy and you and and i do it with nikki is we'll come up to each other hey i need to vent and that is the i don't need a solution from you i just need to be able to vent Mm -hmm. and it's like it's really important you know that that we do that because if we don't then you know, then we're more likely to snap at the other person when we come to them and we're and they're like they don't understand where we're coming from, what we're looking for. So if I if I sit there and I come in there, I go, oh, that like my daughter does this. Oh, that food smells amazing, uh-huh. but doesn't tell me she's hungry. She can't be mad at me that she didn't that I didn't feed her, you know. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of just the same thing on that anyways. But, yeah, you're right on on this relationship for sure. So. Um, all right, so what do we have next? Okay, this one is from Am I the A-Hole, and it is titled, Am I the A-Hole for insisting my pregnant sister switch bedrooms with me? First first impression. Am I the A-Hole for insisting that my sister switch bedrooms with pregnant me? Pregnant sister. Yeah, right there, I want to say yeah, but okay. <laughs> okay. My sister and I, both mid-twenties female, I'm a few years older, share a house together. It was our parents' house, and we both inherited it after they died. We have equal share-slash-ownership of the house. The house was four bedrooms. One is the master room and has an ensuite and and walk-in wardrobe. The others uh, just have built-in robes. Robes? This person's definitely not English. Or probably is English, because they said... A walk-in wardrobe. And I've never mm-hmm. heard somebody say well, that. Instead of a walk-in closet? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> not important. Um, when we both moved back in after deciding that neither of us wanted to sell, we agreed that she could have the master suite, but the two largest of the other bedrooms would both be mine. One as an actual bedroom and the one as a gaming room for me. The last and smallest bedroom is a guest room. Her boyfriend's been living with her for a while, and she recently told me that she's pregnant. I'm not particularly looking forward to sharing a house with a screaming baby, but it's her house too, and she has every right to be here and raise her kid. Obviously, the baby will need a bedroom, and I was expecting that to be the guest room. It is the smallest bedroom in the house, but it's still the same size as a standard bedroom. But my sister wouldn't go for that. She's insisting I move my stuff out of the gaming room so that 
uh, it can be that so that it can be the baby's room. I told her that I'm not moving my stuff into, into the guest room because that wasn't our agreement. But then she informed me that actually I won't be able to do that either, as we would still need a guest room, especially with the baby coming as her boyfriend's family will want to visit. So I said, fine, you can have my gaming room if you move into the room and into my room and give me the master bedroom. She started crying and said that as a mother, she's going to need her own space and she deserves the master bedroom. I asked what she expected me to do. And she said that I should just suck it up and keep all my crap, quote unquote, in my room. Mm. We're at an in- we're at an impasse and I can't get her to come to a real agreement with me. She keeps calling me a huge bitch and says that I should have let her. I should let her have both the master bedroom and my gaming room because she needs them more. Her boyfriend says I should just deal with it, uh, that because I don't want kids anyway, I should just let it, uh, I should just suck it up. My girlfriend, who also spends a lot of time here, is on my side and says my sister is being a spoiled, entitled little brat. Am I the a-hole? And then they posted an edit and said she can't buy me out. She doesn't have the money. We each got some money along with the house, but she wanted a fancy Range Rover, so most of hers uh, went went to that. Yep. And she can't get a loan because she's only working part-time at Maka's at the moment. Uh, I still have all of my money plus some of my own savings, so I will be having a discussion with her, rebuying her out. The house is located in a nice slash expensive area, so what she gets from me for her half will be enough for her to buy an average three-bedroom house in a cheaper area. Really, really don't want to sell if I can help it, as house has been in the family for a long time. Uh, see, yeah, this is this is craptastic. This is yeah, literally complicated. This complicated, is complicated. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so number one. Yeah, you're not the a-hole for asking her to move, okay? Because obviously, this sounds like you're both asking each other to do stuff. Yeah. And so, you it, you can't be a jerk for wanting her to move rooms and her a jerk for wanting you to move rooms. It's, it, this is your house. This is the way this is going to be. As far as, you know, her and the, the guest room, and I, I'm going to tell you right now that that's a dangerous situation. Oh, family's going to come over and visit. And then they're there for how long? Right. Mm-hmm. They're going to come over and visit for what? A couple of days. We have a three day rule in this house. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, are they going to come over and visit for a month? Are they going to come over and just move in and just help you raise the baby? And where's, you know, how close is the baby going to be? Where are they expecting the baby to sleep? Where's the baby's room going to be? If they're, you're both going to be living there, where's the kid going to grow up? This is this is an ugly situation. So because your sister decided to add on difficulty into her life, it's got to add on difficulty into your life. Yeah. And my attitude is like, no, nothing's changing. My my crap has as much right to be here as you do. And so guess what? It's going to stay where it is and nothing's going to happen and nothing's going to change that. I'm like, you don't like it. No problem. Move. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. If, if, if you know, we had, uh, we talked about Tressa before because mm-hmm. she was the one that Congo <laughs> tried to drown her bird. Mm-hmm. Right. And she wanted to bring just a cat into the house. I'm like, nope, no more pets. I've said that here, even though that we now have, you know, two more pets. And more chickens, even though I've said no more chickens, but that's just the way the world works in humor. But she deliberately went out and got a cat. Her attitude was better ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Except she already asked for permission and got told no. Yep. And so (laughs) I was like, "Mm, you got 24 hours to get that cat the hell out of here or you're going out with the cat. It's that simple. 
you know, you, your sister's bringing a kid in here. You don't want kids. You don't like kids. Oh, man, are you going to hate life? You're going to hear crying and screaming and literally a parent that doesn't immediately respond to it means that you're just going to hear it forever because where parents have to sometimes let the kid cry themselves out and cry Mm -hmm. themselves to sleep. But that doesn't mean everybody around them isn't annoyed and upset and toxified and pissed off as hell. So, yeah, if you have the ability to buy her out, get her out. Do it before the baby comes. Do it before that whole new set comes in there, because I promise that afterwards she will have the tool to drive you out of that house. So that's my opinion. Go ahead. Oh, I fully agree. There is no world. You literally, you have very much from that post, I get the vibe, that you very much care, but you're not letting her know that you care about Mm -hmm. the fact that she's just, surprise, my boyfriend's living with me. Surprise, I'm going to have a baby. Surprise, I want you to move all your shit out of your room. Like, you're trying to be nice about it, and you're trying to be, you know, conflict-free until this because that was kind of the last straw you Mm -hmm. literally had a yeah we're both going to move into this house together because we don't want to get rid of it because this is you know how we we, this is the family home we don't want to get rid of the family home and then she hey i'm gonna have my boyfriend live with us too and you kind of just okay whatever you get the master bedroom with him and i'm gonna get the you know the other two rooms that's Mm -hmm. what we agreed on so it'll stay like that and she said cool and then surprise you know i'm gonna be having a baby and you know all that and you're just kind of like i really don't want a baby around but you have just as much right Mm -hmm. to be in this house as i do so if that means your kids do too then that's what it means and then she's trying to tell you what you have to do with your stuff yeah when she's the one that you've continuously let her have what she's wanted she's changed the plans which is partly probably the reason why she thinks that if she strongly suggests that you get all of your stuff out of your gaming room that you would just say yes because the last two things you didn't have an issue with or didn't outwardly have an issue Mm -hmm. with so she's trying to take advantage of that niceness in you and got all surprised and butthurt when you didn't agree because you hadn't for the last two things so why would you now you know, you're just being a baby. Why are you being a bitch about it? You know, you've already given up some of the other things and you don't understand. As a mother, I'm going to need my space. Like, it's just, I, I first of all, I hate that. That's so entitled that you're going to need your space. Then go to a Starbucks and chill at a Starbucks. You're going to need your space. Then leave. Go in the mm-hmm. backyard. Go to the park. There are plenty of places. a big world. <laughs> if you need your space, then leave the space that mm. the baby's in. I yep. hate when people think that, oh, if I have my own room, that changes, that, you know, all the things that are around mm. me are just going to suddenly not exist. No, you have to leave the situation to have your own space as a mm-hmm. mother. I, I'm The not only a- thing I can hope is that your bedroom, that your game room or whatever, is between your bedroom and her bedroom. Because that's the only thing. Because, you know, if she's going to have the baby in there, that's fine. Have the baby in there. You need a room between the two of you. That's my only big hope right now. You yeah. know, so yeah. But either way, it's yeah. just you're, no, it's, it's a you're not you're not the a hole for suggesting that because that was Mm-mm. your counter argument to her trying to just get you to completely give up a room with nothing in return because that's what it was. It was I don't want to move my stuff in the guest room, mm-hmm. and she said, "Oh, that's not what hap- That's not what's going to happen." 
you're going to just take all your stuff out of the gaming room and just put it all in your room and deal with it. I'm going to get the master bedroom. I'm going to get the other two rooms because the guest bedroom is going to need to be there for, mm-hmm. you know, my you know family-in-law because they're going to want to meet the baby and see the baby and do all that. It's like, uh-uh, you're not going to take over this house for the decision that you made mm-hmm. for the house that we both own. So it's just, yeah, I would say, yeah, buy her out. Buy her yep. out. Get her out and get her out before the baby comes. Like you said, it would be more than enough money for her to be able to buy a three-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. in a slightly less nice area, but it is better than nothing, and it is going to be a hell of a lot better than you guys staying in there and arguing about it for the next foreseeable future because it's not just going to end. Though She's got her boyfriend mm-hmm. on her side because, obviously, because he's not going to sit there and tell her that, <laughs> that she's wrong, obviously, because then he's going to be the one getting yelled at, too, because that's the kind of person that she's coming across as. That anybody that disagrees with her is horrible and a bitch and an asshole and, oh, my gosh, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she's entitled. So, yeah. Um, that's that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> All right. So this one is uh, titled, Did My 25 uh, Female Boyfriend, 25 Male, of Five Years Cheat on Me or Was It Sexual Assault? So me and my boyfriend have been together for almost five years. We have been really happy together. We've been through a lot together. And I honestly think or thought this was for me. Like it was endgame. For some context, on Saturday, we went to a local day drinking event that was sponsored by a brewery in our town. We arrive at 11 a.m. with my best friend and one of his best friends. We drank a lot. We had a lot of fun at this event and danced and sang and played games. And his best friend, Mark, sees an old roommate of his named Kate at this event. I've met Kate maybe twice before and never thought much of her. Mark tells my boyfriend, don't make eye contact. Maybe we can pretend we don't see her. He doesn't like Kate. But unfortunately, that doesn't work, and she comes over to say hi. She's friendly enough and tries to make plans with us for after this event. From what I remember, we were all pretty vague about our plans and talked about hitting up a bar afterwards to keep the party going. At 5 p.m. after the event, I get dropped off at Mark's with more alcohol while Mark and uh, my boyfriend go to the bar um, that Mark works at to talk to the manager about a possible DJ gig for my boyfriend. When they get back, it's very chill. More drinking, music, it's just the three of us when Kate walks right in and goes to the bathroom. I'm shocked and tell the boys. Both of them seem seem surprised. Then my boyfriend tells me they ran into Kate at the bar. She has to hang out with them uh, to avoid these guys who are making her uncomfortable at the bar. My boyfriend tells me that uh, they agree but didn't stay long. I'm friendly and chatting with Kate when she comes out of the bathroom. I tell her how my boyfriend and I have been together for five years and she tells me that she broke up with her boyfriend on her way over to Mark's. Around 9 p.m. Mark has to leave for work. He says he gets off at 2 a.m., his girlfriend gets off at midnight, and we should come back to party around then. We take his house keys so we can come back sooner, and Kate drives my boyfriend and I back to the apartment we share together. At this point, I'm feeling very sick from the alcohol and end up going to bed early. The entire night with Kate, I could tell she had a thing for my boyfriend. She kept sitting next to him, talking to me about him, going outside with him to walk our dogs. I felt a little weird about it, but I kept telling myself there was nothing to worry about because my boyfriend wouldn't cheat on me and I could trust him. Well, he told me yesterday, which was Monday, that he cheated on me uh, on that night with Kate. He says that all he remembers after drinking nonstop till 11 a.m. is falling asleep next to me in our bed, waking up to turn the TV off in the living room where Kate was. Then he remembered making out with her. Then he remembers that they were in the middle of having sex and he realized what's going on and and left immediately and went back to the bedroom where I was. This is very out of character for him. I know he loves me. He's been cheated on before and it's been a major part point of pain for him and his trust issues are some something we overcame years ago he obviously feels very guilty and the more i think about all of this the more confused i am did he cheat on me was he able to consent if he was that drunk i have no idea how drunk kate was though i know this was a long post and i'm 
sorry, but I wanted to give as much information as I could. I feel so confused and hurt and alone. Was my boyfriend just raped or did he cheat on me? Okay. So here's the thing. Regretting something you do, being out of control of something you do, is not the same as rape. Let's let's get that one understood. Mm-hmm. If he woke up drunk off his ass and went down and remembered what he did, you know, and doesn't remember saying no, doesn't remember, you know, g- telling her to go away, was obviously excited enough to be able to perform because you cannot perform with people you are not attracted to and you can get drunk enough that he don't work. <laughs> um this is a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. Do not get me wrong. Um, but if it's not something that he's ever done before, I, I can understand that. If it's not something that, you know, you, you, you're going to be biased. I'm just going to say this right now. You're going to be biased. He's going to be biased. Kate's going to be biased in this too. You don't know how drunk she was. You just said that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so nobody knows how drunk everybody was. So people got drunk, people got screwed, and now it's a whole screwy mess, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's where it is. Can we not do that again? Can we learn from this? Like, I got blackout drunk with you, like, a year ago. Haven't done it since. Mm-hmm. Did I learn my lesson? <laughs> yes. Never going to do it again, right? People can do stupid things and feel bad about the stupid things they did. Good. Feel bad about it. You're supposed to. Mm-hmm. That shows you have a proper conscience and you're not a sociopath, Right. Mm. So and never do it again. Congratulations. That's how it works. So, no, he wasn't raped. Because, again, she couldn't have done something he didn't want to do. He remembers making out with her, not her attacking him. He remembers having sex with her, not her assaulting him and pressing him down and everything. I don't fall for me. That doesn't fall into the classification of rape. If he would have said no, tried to get away, and she pinned him on the ground, he came down in the living room, and part of him had to know she was there, like knew where she was. So I, but it's well, she said that he's he was going downstairs to turn the TV off because he heard the TV on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I feel like the one of the the comments, one of the top comments, is a perfect a perfect encompass okay. of how I feel. <laughs> Um, it says there are three things I would like to point out here. Al- First of all, in, uh, alcohol doesn't excuse cheating or sexual assault. But, okay, number one, even if it wasn't sexual assault, he came to you. He told you versus you finding out. There was no gap. He told you immediately. This mm-hmm. is a sign of true accountability, so keep that in mind. Number two, Kate kept herself around you. She invited herself or tagged along. This doesn't mean that she intentionally sexually assaulted Mark, but if we were to look at the context of two drunk drunk people and consent, I would take that into account. This is provided she was also drunk beyond the ability to consent or make continuous decisions. And three, you have said this is very out of character for your boyfriend. I understand this is upsetting, but I would tend to lean towards sexual assaults if you believe that. Finally, he... If uh, men are not uh, men are not taught to notice the signs of sexual assault because because most of us don't think we will be victims of it. If Kate was mm-hmm. a man and you were in place of your boyfriend, there would be no question in anyone's mind. If Kate was a man and it was still your boyfriend, there would be no question. We are used to seeing women in the role of the assaulted and men as the assaulters, but sometimes we have to shift that narrative. Good luck to you, and I hope that you find peace in this. 
so yeah no matter what it's still at the end of the day what you said it's just a giant shit show Mm -hmm. you guys were all drunk and even if kate if kate wasn't again there's no real way of finding out I would talk to the friend that was there, see yep. how much he knows, without giving any context to anything else. Just, you know, casual, you know, how, how drunk did Kate get? Because if he goes, oh, man, yeah, she was drinking with all of us. Did you not see her? Like, totally, mm-hmm. like, down for, like, yeah, it was a good time. Then you kind of have your answer. But if he's like, you know, I don't recall her drinking, like, at all, then I feel like there's a little bit of, mm, because I like that point that she kept inviting herself. Mm-hmm. You guys went there. She saw you guys. And from that point forward, she stayed. There was no, hey, you know, let's go back and everything. She was just like, oh, yeah, where are you guys going? I'm coming. And then you guys, you know, went over to, to whoever the, the other, his, his friend's house, which was the guy, mm-hmm. the other guy. You guys went to his house. And she was there uninvited. And then it was like, hey, I got to go to work. Uh, I'll be back, though. Let's have a party, you know. Let's, let's keep it going when I get off at 6 in the morning, whatever. And then y'all left, and she just drove you guys to your house and just stayed. If you guys were too drunk to be able to tell her, yeah, no, yeah, go home, you know, girl, whatever. Like, if she, dro- if she drove you guys back, something tells me that she wasn't so drunk that she couldn't make a decision. Or so, she was stupid. I've, I mean, I've had friends who were drunk and driven drunk and just stupid but yeah I, I, I get what you're saying so yeah it's just mm-hmm. it's a giant shit show I, I don't like any part of it <laughs> I, I don't either I can tell you don't you're tearing up over here so no, it, <coughs> I was trying not to cough oh okay. I'm so sorry. it was just an itch stinging right in the back of my throat but I wanted to finish it because I was trying to get us an unneeded to be edited gotcha Okay. That's okay. You can leave this in. <laughs> it's, it's we get things like this in our throats. This happens. We're not perfect on on this. This is why this podcast is out a little bit later than normal. <laughs> it's all good. Stuff happens. This is our, the, you know, for as much stuff as it can go wrong in a podcast, I'd say we're actually pretty clean. Like we get a lot of stuff that doesn't get past us, and that we just we make things where much more diligent than people who, you know, there are people who like do a podcast once a month and can't d- yeah. dedicate a time. There's somebody that I follow. They do two podcasts a month and it's like, Oh yeah, we do two podcasts a month, 12, 12 o'clock every, every, you know, every other Tuesday. Nope. Uh-uh. Last one came out last Thursday and it was like five o'clock. It's like, okay. I mean, things happen, but when you dedicate to that and we dedicate to that, cause our work ethic's insane, but our numbers reflect it. So anyways, all of that said, uh, we're going to go ahead and end it there because we want to get this episode out to you guys not too late. <laughs> so with that, don't forget to hit that follow button on whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And be sure to give our website a visit. Stupid podcast on everything.com. And we will see you tomorrow. Peace out with your peace out. Bye.